Man, powerful time in worship this morning, and uh, just a great time to be able to lift up the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to be able to celebrate Him. And, you know, we're in the middle of a series here. It's called On Fire, On Fire, and we're stepping into our third week, On Fire. And uh, we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. Hey, man, we've looked back over the fall. We've seen what it could look like, and, th and then we've seen the struggles with sin that we have and the different facets of our heart that we might be wrestling with and in the middle of wrestling with that like God is there any hope for transformation at all and, and I'm so frustrated with some of the things going on and it just isn't working the way I thought it would and man as we walk through this series on fire here learning what it looks like to biblically be transformed to allow our God to have his way with us Lord teach us show us and grow us and uh, that being said, just want to do a quick review. Let's throw the triangle up here. And uh, you've got this in your books. It's actually on page 26, I believe, and, uh, in your books. And uh, hey, we got to make sure that as we walk through, we're going to be going after this plan, encounter, exalt, engage. All right? Encounter. That's our first step. It means this. Get to know who God is. It's some fact information. It's meeting him face to face. It's hearing from him. In fact, we've got two words underneath it in creation and in his word, right? Creation and in his word. And, and so there's going to be two sermons we walk through on encounter and learning how to encounter our God. How do we learn more about him? How do we learn more of him and getting prepped to worship him all the more? Encounter. It's the first step because if you don't do that, you know what you'll do? You'll start making up what you think God is. You're like, oh, I would never do that. I'm telling you, dude. The first thing we do is we start tapping into any information we can find. And if we can't find it in the places we're looking, we start kind of, well, it must be like this. And we start creating the God we think he is. May we not go after that. Everybody just say, that's not the plan. That's not the plan, man. Let's make sure we meet God as he is in creation and in his word, encounter the actual living God. All right, that's the first step. Then we move up the triangle to exalt. Exalt, this is a huge moment in your life. Exalt is learning how to do that, all right? And we've got some words under it, behold and be still and be filled. And we're gonna be walking through three different sermons there on how to exalt our God. How do we actually worship him? We've, now we've encountered him. We've learned about him. How do I launch forward from that and start worshiping him? How do I, let's put it in the words of 2 Corinthians 3, how do I let the glory of the Holy Spirit start pouring over me? All right, that's the exalt phase. And, uh, and then the last phase is down in the bottom of the triangle on the right. It's engage. And uh, this is that phrase we hear, right? Exercise yourself unto godliness. And uh, many of us may have grown up in churches where that's the only thing that was ever taught. Like when it comes to transformation, work hard. And, uh, and everybody just say that's not the plan. It is good that we cooperate with them. It is good that we put some effort in with it. But the reality is there's a lot that has to come before it as God's doing a changing work. And uh, all too often... We start with the encounter, we learn a little bit, whether it be from creation or from God's word, and then we launch over to the engaged side, right? We jump to the other side of the triangle and we're like, let's just go. I'm not just going to be a hearer of the word, I'm going to be a doer, right? 
and we jump over to that side, we're going to start doing some things, and all of a sudden, before any changes happen in our hearts, before any real worship is taking place, we read it, we do it, and uh, that's called muscling it, right? And that's not the plan either. Not just trying to figure out where we're headed and just go muscle it, that's not the plan. So it's, yes, let's encounter our God. Then we launch up into exalting our God, worshiping our God, his glory pouring over us, changing us. Then we step forward into some engaging. That's going to be the plan for transformation, all right? So you're on page 26 there. That's great. Let's go to Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19 in our Bibles, all right? Psalm 19, starting in verse 1. And uh, there's a few statements here about how to go about encountering our God. Today we're going to learn how to encounter our God in creation. Okay, we're going to learn how to encounter our God by what's around us. And uh, so the first step, first point, look, his creation declares his glory. Look, his creation declares his glory. And uh, use your eyes, right? And uh, be able to see what's around you. And it starts in verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And literally the heavens there, it means um, that which is above. The place where the stars and the moon and the sun and, and the galaxies beyond. And yes, it means all of those things upward. Okay? That's what it means. The heavens. And so it's talking about the physical sky you can physically see and physically experience throughout each day. And uh, may it not just be a physical experience, but may it lead you to your God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And uh, this word declare, to state, to make it clear, to shout it out, okay? The heavens are declaring the glory of God. And... Uh, Good quote from uh, James McDonald. The glory of God, how do we understand it? Glory of God, it's like as heat is to the sun, we'll see that come up in a little bit in this passage, as heat is to the sun, as wet is to water, so glory is to God. Okay? It's like the essence of who he is pouring out. It's the grandeur of his character. It's the whole of who he is. And it's just pouring on us. And... Uh, the glory of God being declared, the essence of who he is being declared by the creation. And uh, There's a huge statement being made about our God in creation. In fact, if you go to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, you don't have to turn there, but listen to these words. Romans 1, 20. For his invisible attributes, invisible, you're like, hang on, I thought you just said use your eyes, right? And so this is the invisible attributes of God, and he's going to make them understood through some visible things. And so the invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that we are without excuse. Like, just so you understand, the greatness of God can be understood in the heavenlies. And he gives us a few things. The eternal power and divine nature, if we break it down, there's really three pieces to this. One is eternity. The other is the power, right? And you can put those together, eternal power, but the eternity and the power and then his divine nature. Three pieces that we can extract out 
of our understanding of creation as we look. And um, how does that happen? So uh, let's just use our mind's eye here a little bit, all right? So you end up looking up at the sky, whether it be day or night. And uh, some of you would prefer the light around and some of you prefer the darkness. And whichever, you know, day or night, you're looking at the skies. Here's the reality. At some point, the question has to come, man, where did all this come from? Right? Like that's one of the questions, because we know in our physical world, something came from something else, which came from something else, which came from something. That's what we know, right? Is the origins keep coming through things. As you look up, what's the first thing? Where did this all come from? That's a huge part of the obvious question as you look into creation and see what's going on is where did it all come from? There's got to be an original first something that existed for all of eternity. And, uh, and there is one of the invisible attributes of God. For all of eternity, this thing existed. And I'm just telling you, even the scientists come to the same conclusion. And they're like, okay, we've got a plan. We're not going to have God in this answer, but I'm telling you, we got a plan, and here's how it comes down. There's going to be this giant thing, and it came from eternity past. Please note, do we know anything in our physical world that's existed for all eternity? Do you know anything like that? Real answer, do you know anything like that? We don't, right? And so here's the problem. There's the natural. That's really a supernatural. That's what the word means. Super means above. It's above the natural. It's a supernatural character trait to have existed for all eternity. To look at creation, you must come to this statement. There had to be a first something for all of eternity. That's it, man. First step. Okay? And, uh, Romans 1.20. We need to make sure we understand that there is eternity attached to God. And then it says eternal power. Power. And uh, this is kind of the next thing. As you look up, you're like, wow. That is huge. Like, wherever this all came from, the massive power behind it, right? And so when even scientists are coming up with it, they're like, where'd this all come from? It came from a bang. No, no. It came from a, a big bang, right? That's the reality, man. Everybody recognizes the power of where it comes from. You have to see the eternity in it. You have to see the power in it. And uh, huge revealing of the general nature of God. Some invisible attributes of him. And then it actually goes on further and it says, and the divine nature of God. And uh, there's some details and consistencies, some inner workings, some beauty that is stunning. And as you look at it and see it, you start to see the nature of your God. As he thinks through things, God's got plan. He manages from the vastness to the smallness of detail. God's character at work. I'm telling you, that's who he is, and that's him revealed. He doesn't just throw stuff out there. He's got massive beauty in mind as well. Our God cares about so many things. And the broadness of his nature revealed. And um, no, you cannot look into creation and see details like Jesus Christ coming to the cross. 
Those are things we'll need some more revealing on. But you can learn of some general details of our God. In fact, Romans 1 gives us the clarity of eternity and power and divine nature and this clarity of detail management, thinking through things. That's our God. And all too often we get so used to the creation around us that when we look at creation, we actually completely miss the point. And uh, we start complaining about creation, right? I can't believe it's minus four degrees. Right? And all of a sudden, creation is a bother. Creation, why isn't it like this? Mostly because we're not living in San Diego. That's partly our problem, right? Like where we choose to live gives us different expressions and experiences of God as well. And we need to keep in mind that God is on display in creation. And the heavens are declaring the glory of who he is. God is on show. Don't miss the show, man. All too often, we look up or we look around and we're thinking more about us than we are about our God, right? And um, the heavens declare the glories and the skies proclaim his handiwork, literally his artwork. This is an amazing statement of God's clarity in loving what is beautiful, what is consistent, what is thorough, what is revealing of himself. And uh, his handiwork, is, uh, this is a masterpiece put together. And, uh, I just wrote this down. This world is not here to be our toy. Uh, this world is here to be his megaphone, proclaiming his grandeur. Are we getting that? This world is here to be his megaphone, uh, proclaiming his grandeur. May God be able to declare all that he is and all that he's about, and may we hear that message. And uh, it's pretty easy to miss it. We accidentally get all caught up in ourselves and our stuff and the things going on, right? And uh, it's amazing when you have those moments with creation where God just reveals it out. I know uh, this past fall has been uh, a little bit of a rougher fall for me. If you remember, in September, I uh, broke all the toes on my left foot. That was fun. And uh, that put a little damper on getting out and going hunting. I love to hunt. I love to deer hunt, get out and bow hunt. Honestly, most of the love of hunting is being able to sit back and relax and enjoy and uh, just kick back in nature. And uh, that's most of what I enjoy there hunting. I won't go into the other part that I enjoy, but... Um, I love being out there, and I'm telling you, the first time I got out in the fall, being able to limp out there and get to the stand, went out with a friend very early in the morning. It was about 3.45. We were actually trying to get out pre-sun and make sure we were out there and ready to rock. It was about an hour drive out, so up very early. We got out there, got into place, up in the tree stand, sitting down. Some of the leaves had already fallen. You could see the sky above. And the moon had pretty much gone to almost a no moon, so it was very little light from the moon. No clouds in the sky. And I'm sitting there in the almost pitch black, and I look up at this dark velvet fabric of the sky, this huge black. And all I see is massive lights beaming. For the stars were so bright out there. There was no light from the towns there was no light from the moon. Have you ever been out looking at that, right? So vivid. And some of these stars looked massive when I'm sitting there. And I just had one of those moments where I'm like, wow, this is amazing. 
I mean, the beauty of it is one thing, but the vastness of it, like, dude, the tree I'm sitting in is big compared to me, right? This tree is big compared to me, and I'm looking up at a light, a blip out there where that thing is like this burning gas star that is huge, huge compared to me, and there's millions and millions of them all over the place, and I am nothing. And this space is massive. And my God who created this just spoke it and it exists. This is my God on display. And while I was sitting there just staring, all of a sudden I saw as a star streaked across, one of those falling star statements, right? And as it hit our atmosphere and it left the trail of where it had gone, and you could literally see the trail of the shooting star for like seconds afterwards. It was amazing. I've never seen such a clear shooting star. And I'm just sitting there in the woods, dark, and by myself, and watching all of this, and had one of those just amazing prayer moments with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that my toes are healing. Thank you that I'm able to get out here and just see a little bit of you on display. Thank you. And, uh, and then a squirrel came crashing down through. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm here for another reason. Right? And uh, I'm just telling you, I love to be able to take a moment in creation to be able to experience what God's declaring about himself. Hear me, you are not faking it when you get out into nature and you begin to grasp some of God. Make sure you're grasping the right things. His eternity, his power, vastness, and his detailed nature, his consistency. I am the Lord your God. I change not, right? These are the things on display. Make sure you grasp the glory of God on display in nature, all right? And uh, I just put this down. Um, so... It's supposed to be really clear the next two nights and minus four. So here's the challenge. Man, this message would probably go a little better in June. But consider, consider stepping outside with as many coats as you need and as many earmuffs as you need and consider just taking a little bit of time. Maybe even consider getting in the car and doing a little bit of a drive to get away from some city lights if you need to. And getting to a point where you can see the fabric of the sky and the stars overhead and go after just a prayerful moment of these three things. He is eternal. He is powerful beyond unbelievable thinking, powerful. And he has an amazingly detailed, consistent nature. My God's got this thing in hand. Just have a little worship moment with your God as you celebrate his glory on display right before you. And a huge opportunity to be able to see and spend time with your God. Look, his creation declares his glory. Second, listen. His creation is a speech without words declared everywhere. Listen, his creation is a speech without words declared everywhere. We start in verse 2. It says, day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Day to day, night to night. Like all the time. Everybody just say all the time. All the time, man. 
It's not on, on display or on declaration only when it's cloudless. Right? On display all the time, night and day, all different kinds of declarations being shown through different creation elements. Night to night and day to day. Notice it says, pours out speech and reveals knowledge. Are you getting that? Like when you look up and you see all of this, you're supposed to be able to grasp and understand that God knows what he's doing. Knowledge. That's a huge deal. And I'm telling you, one of the largest steals that could be happening when you look at it from a scientific perspective and try to separate it from God and you make it all probability is you steal the knowledge statement. God doesn't know what he's doing. It all happened by accident. That's a miss, man. Everybody just say, that's a miss. Dude, that's a miss. And uh, his speech and declaring that God knows what he's doing. And he's doing some things amazingly. I mean, we've heard the story, right? If the earth is just a little bit closer to the sun, we all burn up. If it's a little further away, we all freeze up, right? Just amazing little details in place that all of this comes together. Our God's got it in hand. And a speech being declared, knowledge in place. Our God knows. Trust him. Spend a little bit of time with him. And, uh, okay, one little statement about this. Be careful, because it's easy to all of a sudden get so caught up with nature that you actually start getting awed by nature, not the one who is behind it, right? And so nature's supposed to be nothing but the megaphone, and the actual speaker is God himself. And we're not looking at it in awe, we're looking at the him behind this in awe, okay? So this isn't go uh, just hug a tree, Right? This isn't just, uh, I got into astronomy, right? And I love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm great with that. Make sure you celebrate the God behind it, not just the it, or we've missed the point, okay? Huge deal. And uh, as God calls us forward in this, it says, there is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Get that? Whose voice is not heard. Like I'm telling you, there is no excuse. We are hearing it. We are seeing it. We are getting it. The question is, are we going to properly respond to it? Or are we going to have uh, the distractions of life turned up so high and basically the earphones of life plugged in so hard that we can't possibly see and hear what's around us? Are we missing what God's doing because we're so focused on me and my little world and God's declaring through creation his grandeur? May we hear it and see it. His voice is heard. In fact, it says their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. It goes everywhere. Everybody just say it goes everywhere. That's why Romans 1.20 says we're without excuse. Because it's everywhere, all the time, can be heard, should be seen, eternity and power and detail, all grasped in it, the greatness of our God and some of him on display, all right? Just a piece of him. In fact, we would call this general revelation, right? And why do we call it that? Because it's a revealing of some of the basics of who God is. Special revelation. Well, that's what comes as we get into the detail of his word. We'll be talking about that next week. Special revelation as he's revealing details to us about what his plan is. But right now we're talking, you can grasp the general nature of this almighty God who literally said, 
let there be. And there was. Like, that's authority, man. And get this now, Colossians 1, who just by his presence sustains it as it is. The consistency of this world, the measurability of this world, the planning we can make because of this world. Well, I'll see you tomorrow morning when the sun comes up, right? The planning that we can make, all counting on the presence of our God and him doing the work. And that voice is everywhere, all the time. God declaring his greatness, okay? Huge privilege for us. All right. So I wrote these words down. Lord, please open my eyes. Lord, please open my heart. May I hear you now. All right. It's a great little moment. If you're looking to get out in, in nature or creation, even if it's for about 25 seconds in minus four degrees, and just say, Lord, open my eyes. May I see it. May I grasp it. May I get a little bit of you in this quiet moment with your creation, seeing you behind it. Okay? And, um, all right. There was a dude. His name was Gene Cernan. And... Uh, he was actually an astronaut. 1972, Apollo 17, he was the last man to walk on the moon. And he wrote this quote down. He said, looking back to see Earth from the moon was like looking out from God's front porch. Looking back to see the Earth from the moon was like looking out from God's front porch. Just an amazing privilege to see something that very few human beings ever get to see. And later on when he was being interviewed, he said... You know, if we could put everyone in that spot for five minutes, I think this world would be a very different place. Perspective, right? May we grasp a little perspective. And here's the deal. I can't get you to the moon, right? But this actually says that the skies declare his glory. And while he nailed a truth of the greatness of what he saw, the reality is we have that same privilege as we open our eyes and open our ears and look to the heavens and grasp what God is doing, seeing the skies as a declaration, a megaphone of his greatness. And um, what a privilege. All right. So, Yogi Berra and Hank Aaron. Two great baseball players, right? So his World Series, Yogi Berra, he's a catcher. And uh, he was a chatterer. He was known to be a very uh, annoying chatterer. He would talk a lot, and he'd talk a lot of smack. And so uh, he's sitting behind the plate, and Hank Aaron comes up. And all you know, he's a big hitter. Hank Aaron comes up, gets set. And as the pitcher's getting set and getting ready to wind up, he goes, hey, Hank, your bat's backwards, man. Can't read the label. Going to break the bat. Watch out. Right? Hank Aaron doesn't look back at all. Pitch comes in high and inside. Steps back, smack, takes this ball yard. I mean, out of the stadium. Deep left field home run. As it's dropping, Hank Aaron is rounding the bases. And as he hits home plate, he says, Hey, Yogi, I ain't here to read, man. I'm here to hit. <laughs> and he goes to the place, right? How often we get distracted by what we're really here for. And Karen, he's like, don't try to even distract me. I know what I'm about. Do you know what you're here for? And your purpose in this world is to worship your 
God. And your purpose in this world is to point to your king and make much of his name. That is your purpose. Don't get distracted and don't get caught reading the bat. That's not what you're here for. You are here to make much of your king. And his glory is on display everywhere, all the time. Don't miss it. Your call is to be a worshiper. And don't let the busyness of life, don't let the distractions of life, don't let the disappointments of life, don't let the hurts of life, don't let the dreams of tomorrow keep you from watching your God on display. All right? Look and listen. Simple statement. What is your purpose? Do you understand that it's worship or have you been on some other plan? My worship is getting a promotion. I'm going to worship me. Right? That's my focus. I need the money. I need the respect. I need the... Right? I'm looking for a spouse. Or, uh, we're looking to grow our family. We're looking to move. Minus four is horrible. Right? And uh, where are you at? Make sure your focus is always coming back to, Lord, help me worship. Remember the triangle we've talked about, encounter, exalt, engage, Written right in the middle of the triangle is the word worship. And that's what we're called to be doing all the time. Okay? Let's not lose track of where we're at. Let's get after our God and his greatness. All right. Number three. Learn. His character is revealed in the majesty of detail. Learn. His character is revealed in the majesty of detail. We start out in verse 6. I'm sorry, in verse 5. Uh, it says, In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like a strong man runs its course with joy. So in them he has set a tent for the sun. I love this metaphor. It's a poem, right? It's like, where'd the sun go? How come it got dark all of a sudden, Dad? Well, it went to its tent, son, right? It's just a poetic statement of it's on the other side of the world, but we're just going to say in the tent, it went to bed for right now. It, whatever poem you want to use, the bottom line is the sun's here for a specific part of a day. And uh, he's like, just so you know, there's a plan to it. And as it comes out of that tent and rises and goes back to that tent as it sets, the bottom line is God's got plan in this sun, this burning fire of light that delivers to us heat and light and life and without it we're all gone and uh see so the problem is a lot of nations across the the centuries have chosen then because without it we'd all be gone to worship the sun and that's everybody say that's a miss and nowadays, we're pretty smart to that, right? We've been through the age of enlightenment. We understand it's a fiery ball sitting in the sky. We're not going to worship that, right? But the reality is we set other things up in our life that we'll go after and worship, and they're just as uh, not God as the sun is. And uh, may we be careful with that, not to place anything before our king, and uh, nothing before my king, nothing before my king. Just say that with me. Nothing before my king. And that's what we're going after. And he's like, the sun, what a huge declaration. 
Now he gives us a couple more analogies, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Okay, in this culture, uh, in the Jewish culture, huge celebration around the wedding. And the bridegroom would get ready in what would be called the chamber. That's where they would end up celebrating the covenant of marriage between the husband and wife. But he was responsible for getting it set up and dressing up for the day of the wedding. And as he's getting ready now for the wedding, he steps out and he does one of these. Here we go. Here we go. And he starts on the walk, going over to the place where they're going to do the ceremony. And everybody that sees him is like, there he is, the guy who's getting married today, the bridegroom. They're like, hey, man, good luck. We're praying for you, right? And God be with you. It's Jewish, so shalom, or whatever, right? And uh, they're having fun with the celebration of the bridegroom heading to the wedding. He has come out of this chamber, and he's making really a celebration of the day. He's excited for it, and all those that see him are also excited. He's got a job. They're celebrating what's going on. It's a massive party for the plan that's taking place. He's like, that should be us with the sun as it's rising and setting and we understand God's got plan in it and we celebrate all that he is and all that he's doing. And, and then it says, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. This is talking about a race, a runner, and a strong man who loves to run and just a passion for running, and I'm just going to be honest, I have no clue what this means personally. <laughs> and uh, so my wife, though, she definitely does. She loves to run and uh, enjoys it. And I know there's a number of you in this body who love to run. And uh, you get out running, and you start really cooking, and you're getting that lung burn, and you're like, this is awesome! Just so you know, that's when most of us go to DQ. But you... <laughs> You're like, this is awesome, and you just keep running through this burn. You're pushing hard. You love the leg strength you're feeling and even the pain in the legs. You love the press of it as you run this thing with joy. I'm convinced that's a sickness, but with joy. <laughs> and Jonna loves it, man, and she gets out running, and when she can't run, there's a mild depression in our home as she's trying to work through truth trying to work through things and like has to go and get a little bit of rehab to get them some things fixed up and and why so that she can go back to running I'm like baby God's telling you DQ let's kick back let's go and and uh I'm a, I'm a horrible support in this area I really am and uh but I'm glad that she enjoys it and that's he's like you know the guy we're talking about who loves to deliver the run and he's running the course with joy and he's not running part of it and getting distracted along the way, he knows exactly where he's going. He runs the whole of it, all the way, constantly, fully out, with joy. And uh, celebration along the way. And uh, most of us are the sideliners who cheer him on well. And uh, we're the guys along the way in a marathon who are running around trying to find the next spot where they come by. And we're like, keep going, man, you got this. And then they move on and we go to the next to try, to try to keep cheering them on. And he's like, just so you know, the sun is like the runner and we're like the cheerers along the side. And uh, we're celebrating what's going on. The gift from God of the sun, the life that's being given through his plan. And uh, it says now, its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit is to the end of them. Right? 
from one side to the other, from east to west, covering the whole of the day. In fact, you can mark time by it because of its path. It has a circuit that God has planned and uh, knows exactly where it's headed, God does. It says, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Man, the sun brings heat. And as heat is to the sun, and as wet is to water, so glory is to God. And unfortunately for many of us, the glory of God is so hidden as we're steeped in self that we're missing his glory pouring out. Man, may we stop and take a look at this physical world with a physical message to us that's simply saying this. There is someone who has existed for all eternity. There is a God who has existed for all eternity. And man, he isn't little on power. He is massive in his power. He can do anything. He speaks and it exists. His presence sustains God's eternity and God's power all the way down to the most intricate little details of the creation in us or around us, of the skies and how they participate with one another. Amazing how it all works out. And uh, his nature on display in the consistency and detail management of our God. May we worship him, encounter that God, the general revealing of him, hear the speech that is proclaimed everywhere, all the time. That's our job, to worship him as created beings in this world, recognizing the creation around us is nothing more than a giant declaration of my God is awesome. And all of God's people said, it's easy for us to walk past this as we walk past brick buildings, as we walk past automobiles, as we try to find our iPhone, as we get on our laptop, as we sit before computer screens all day long, as we climb into a piece of machinery to go do a, a job, and we realize that man has made a lot of things. And just know this, not one molecule exists without the presence of God. And may we constantly celebrate not man's ingeniousness. Dude, we are nothing. Look up to the vastness of our king. He is everything. That's our call. Encounter the living God. That is our first step in getting our worship on. So, here's my second challenge for you. For those of you who aren't very good with minus four in nighttime... Right? It also talked about the sun here as well. And maybe getting out in the daytime and feeling the heat on your face. You might want to find a spot where the wind is blocked. Right? But feeling the heat of the sun on your face. It's amazing what's going on right now. And, and remember, it declares it every day, all the time. So we can spend some time this week Whatever we do with the management of our nights or our days, where we're recognizing the glory of our God in this world and grasping his eternal power and divine nature. That's our call. It's a simple assignment this week. 
Are you ready to handle the task? Okay. Really think it through. When am I going to do this? What day could this work? How do I get this going for a regular thing this week? Lord, I want to be able to meet you and celebrate you in your creation. Okay? And spend a little time on worshiping him. I'm going to give you a secret. Worship goes really terrible when we're stuck on self. All right? So you're going to need a moment where it goes like this. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. If there's some stuff I've made about me and it just needs to go and I'm sorry. And, and when I get back home, I'm going to get this thing right with my family member or with a friend or maybe just with you, God, as I've held this against you. Please forgive me. Right? Get some confession out there. Lord, I want to be able to see you. Open my eyes. Open my heart. And then spend a few moments with your God. Let creation scream, proclaim the greatness of your king as you spend some time with him. Look for something you've never seen before. Look for something that tips you off to a character of God you've never seen before. Encounter your God. And all of God's people said, that's our assignment this week, all right? Let's go after it with all we've got. And let's make much of our king. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. And we worship you. Lord, we do celebrate you and all that you have in hand. This passage is so clear that we can encounter you. You are proclaiming forth Lord, may we just take a few moments, even right here and right now, to thank you for who you are and to worship you. Just right where you are, just spend a moment thanking your God that he is eternal. From eternity past to eternity future, nothing like him. That he is unbelievably powerful. Just a spoken word has authority in this universe that creates something out of nothing. Power in our God. Just thank him for who he is. that he is an artist who weaves together a fabric like no one else can. He is a poet who makes statements like no one else can. He is an author who writes into our hearts He is our living, almighty God. And he's got a plan. Worship him.
And now one last piece. Maybe there's something that needs to go right here and right now. Lord, sitting before you, I recognize it has, it has to go. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for how I snapped at my family this morning when we were trying to get ready and get to church. Please forgive me for how I got so stuck in the things going on at work and the gossip and the junk and the... Lord, please forgive me for how I haven't taken care of my spouse or my kids in these last couple of days or a week. Lord, please forgive me that I haven't worshipped you first and foremost. Please forgive me. 